Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast from Vital Point Church. My name is Ron. I'm the pastor here at Vital Point. We believe that it's important for people to explore and grow in their faith. And my hope, my prayer is that this message that you're listening to will draw you closer to better understanding how you can live out your faith journey in the everyday life. Sit back and enjoy. Well, it's uh, good to be together today. Uh, Welcome to Vital Point. My name is Ron, and um, I'm the pastor here at Vital Point Church. As the team was leading us, as the team was guiding us through the the music this morning, uh, I couldn't help but think about the time in the near future when we can gather in person again and to experience uh, just the expression of worship together in a room. Even though I believe it's possible for us to continue to worship online like this, I believe uh, when we get into in-person, it's going to be a fabulous experience as a community. Whether you're in Poplar Hill, London, whether you're in Exeter, if, whether you're at Center of Hope, or even other areas of smaller gatherings, we believe that that's a critical part of what's going to happen. So uh, today is week three in our series called uh, Empowered, and we're going to be talking about this idea. Uh, do, uh, we're going to ask this question, do, does character matter as it relates to spiritual gifts? That's where we're headed today, and I just want to say this today, that as we enter into this conversation, my hope and my prayer is, is that you will get a glimpse of Jesus, Whether you are uh, exploring faith, uh, maybe someone invited you to church online today, or maybe you're already a follower of Jesus, my prayer today is that in the midst of this conversation, you will understand that Jesus is vital to your life, that we want to point you to him and understand what it means to live in the fullness of a relationship with him. And so as I think about today's conversation, week three, empowered, talking about character and spiritual gifts, that's what I hope will happen for you. See, what we've been discovering over the past number of weeks is that God gives his followers spiritual gifts to be used within the context of the church. There's a verse in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 that we talk about on the regular. It's kind of our anchor verse that we've been talking about, where God gives us us gifts from his varied gifts of grace, and that we are to use them to serve and to steward within the context of the church. What I love what is happening as I begin to get feedback, as I hear some of the conversations that are happening, is that people are wrestling with this idea of spiritual gifts from a wide range of understanding. That's why we've been actually talking about it from a a hike perspective and wearing a backpack. We've been looking at these stops along the way where we are taking things out of our backpacks because the reality is that many of us, whether we're churched or unchurched, have certain experiences in church world and they go in a backpack. And so when it comes to spiritual gifts, it's no different. You have experiences, something you've been told, something that may be negative that happened, and what we've been doing is we've been taking them out, and we've been putting them on the ground, and then examining gifts, and then saying, what needs to go back in? What am I going to put back into my gift bag, on my backpack, in my backpack, so that I can understand more fully what it is that is happening? Now, interesting, as I have been listening and hearing and getting feedback 
there has been lots of confusion around what the actual gifts are. And we've been intentionally not exposing that list up until today. Because today I'm going to give you uh, three categories of gifts, and then I'm going to give you the list in each one. Now, what you need to know is the reason why we're giving you this now is that the next number of weeks, which actually, to give you insider information, we've actually extended the series by two weeks. We were supposed to be finished early June in this series. We're now going to be going to, I believe it's like June 20th, because we want to unpack each of these gifts in a way that will help us discern whether or not these particular gifts, and some of them you'll be able to look and say, I think this is mine, or I believe that is mine, and we'll be able to walk through them that way. So let me give you the categories. Now, John Thompson in his book, Convergence, actually breaks it down this way, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he got them from somewhere else, but I want to give them to you, and oh, I should also mention before I get there before I give you the categories and the list, is this, is that this list I'm going to give you, some of you who have lots of church experience are going to look at this list and you're going to go, whoa, I, I don't see one particular gift that I believe is supposed to be on the list. It's okay. Others are going to be on the list that you're going to be going like, whoa, I didn't know that was on there. So let's just all kind of extend grace to each other and understand that there are definitely some gray areas. Like, for example, this week, my, my wife and I, we were cooking dinner together, and um, we were in the kitchen, and I should say she was cooking, and I was just helping, and she was telling me what to do. And, and I had said at one point, stop telling me what to do. And she says, no, Ron, my spiritual gift is telling you what to do. And we kind of joked, and I said, no, 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 babe, that's not a spiritual gift. And she says, oh, it is. But that didn't make it on the list, just so we're clear, so that you don't have to look at your loved one and say, oh, I got the spiritual gift of telling what to do. So here it is, okay? You ready? I'm so pumped about this. Three categories. Here's the list. First category, love gifts. Manifest the love of God in a practical way. Administration, helps in serving, mercy, and giving. So next week, we're going to unpack each one of these individual gifts, and we'll, and we'll be asking you what you think is yours in that list. The following two weeks is word gifts. They clarify the nature, action, and purpose of God. The week one of word gifts, we're going to talk about teaching, encouragement, apostleship. Week two of word gifts, we're going to talk about leadership, shepherd and pastor, pastor and evangelism, Okay. Then the following two weeks, this is the last two weeks of this series, we're going to look at power gifts, demonstrate the power and the presence and the reality of God. We're going to talk about the prophetic, tongues, interpretation. Then we're going to talk about faith, discernment of spirits, wisdom and knowledge, healing and miracles. I am super excited to enter into the discussion of these gifts because here's what I believe is happening in the context of Vital Point Church right now. As much as we are looking forward to getting back to gathering, and that's going to be look a little bit different as we move forward to in-person gatherings, but what I am convinced is happening right now in the life of our church is that God is equipping us and preparing us for what is next, that God is doing a work within the context of Vital Point Church, and I have a real sense of this. And I have a, I've been praying through this, and there's been some other voices that I've been seeking on this that are helping me understand that there is something 
powerful that is happening, that God, for whatever reason, has placed his hand on us for a special reason and purpose of engaging us in this particular conversation to equip us. Now, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, it's okay. Keep coming back, keep seeking, keep asking your questions, and my prayer is, is that in the midst of all of this, that you will catch a glimpse of Jesus and that we will all begin to understand what it means to move forward in that relationship with him. Now, one of the things that I wanted to talk about as we are laying the groundwork for spiritual gifts is I wanted to talk about character. I want to talk about the character of spiritual gifts. See, when I look at spiritual gifts through the lens of, say, an excite, how exciting gifts are, if I look through the lens of understanding that a follower of Jesus can be empowered to do special, unique things that God has given to them, I begin to realize that character is important. That character is important. And the reason is this. If character is not developing, then we have the potential of abusing and causing more harm with the gifts. I would even venture to say that God cares more about your character formation or transformation than he does about your specific spiritual gift. As we have been unpacking this over the weeks, I want us to understand that if gifts are not grounded in a consistent, God-honoring character, then we have the potential of harming one another and bringing about confusion. Here's a statement that we're going to put on the screen for you. This is a statement that I believe is important. You cannot divorce spiritual gifts from a spirit-formed character of a believer. I want to say that again for you. You might want to put it in your phone or write it down if you're old school. You cannot divorce spiritual gifts from a spirit, from the spirit formed character of a believer. Here's why. The thing that God wants to use as a spiritual gift can oftentimes create tension and confusion. The very thing that God wants to express in power through his church is often the thing that the enemy of God's work wants to use to create confusion and and, uh, dissension within the context of understanding gifts. When you do a study of the New Testament and you begin to look at the New Testament church, you begin to see that there are some ugly moments There are some very ugly moments in the New Testament. Whenever someone says, oh, I just wish we were like the New Testament church 2,000 years ago, I'm like, you you better be careful saying that because there is lots of confusion and tension. Matter of fact, when it comes to gifts, the Apostle Paul had to write this letter that uh, called Corinthians that he had to actually write extensively on giving clarity to character and spiritual gifts. Because within the context of the early church, many were abusing gifts. They were creating an an environment where some gifts, they were saying, were ahead of others. Like they were super spiritual if you use these particular gifts. And Paul, which we're going to see in just a little while as we unpack this section and look at another section as well, is that we begin to understand that Paul is driving home the very fact that we cannot divorce character from spiritual gifts. And my hope is, is that will become clear to you in the next few minutes. I want to take you to probably for me, one of the most powerful examples of a, 
of what a character-formed life of Jesus looks like. Uh, I love this particular section of the Bible. It's in Galatians, and it's interesting because my hunch is that some of us today have heard messages on this particular section before, but I want us to see it through the lens of spiritual gifts today because I believe it's going to help us understand the importance of character development. It's Galatians, and Galatians is a letter written by the Apostle Paul, and Galatians is interesting. It's six chapters, and it's broken down into sets of two, and what Paul does in Galatians is he's trying to bring correction to them, because what was happening was that they, they had come into this newfound relationship with Jesus, and, and this newfound faith in Jesus, but what was happening is they were being drawn back to an old-style perspective of God called the law, and the law was more of a dependence upon self of the externals in which they were trying to live out their faith. And so Paul is trying to give clarity. Plus what was happening in this letter was that the people were using their newfound faith in Jesus as a license uh, to live outside of the bounds of what God wanted them to do. And so Paul's writing to them about the spiritual formation of a character. And what he does so beautifully is he paints two pictures. He gives a, two lists that are going to help us understand why character is important when it comes to gifts. Let me read for you. Uh, Galatians 5, verse 16 and 17, it says this, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Now, Paul very clearly and very plainly says in this moment and he speaks to the reality of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, is that we live in the tension of, the, of two natures that are at odds with one another. He talks about the flesh. He talks about the, the internal desires that are opposite to God's desire for us. The, the flesh is often referred to as what we are born with as a sinful nature, this nature that bends us away from God. And he says that the flesh will always pull us away from the desires of God and creates tension with what the Spirit of God is trying to do in our lives. So what you have here is an understanding that there's this pull within the person of Jesus. When there, there's this pull within the person who's following Jesus, there's this tension. See, the Spirit of God will always cause us to move towards a transformational understanding, this heartbeat. I love what he says, walk by the Spirit. This is why he's so clearly defining for us what it means to be a follower of Jesus. There's this walking in and by the Spirit. The Spirit is the one in which we allow the transformation. So there's this tension, there's this pull. And when he says walk, it means that there's this everyday aspect of our lives that we are in tune with the Spirit of God so that we begin to walk in the cadence and the temple, temple of the Spirit working within us. So when we believe, what we believe is that we are empowered by the Spirit and we learn what it means to live in the process and the maturity of listening to the Spirit in the transformational process. But yet, he identifies. He says there's this flesh and there's this aspect of the Spirit. Now, what Paul does is so clever. 
he's, he's actually going after it. He's really going after it saying, okay, I'm not just going to speak in generalities about this. I'm going to be specific on the two lists. Look, look at verse 18 through 21. He says this, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. That's what we were talking about just a moment ago, that they were pulled towards an external processing of their faith where they're trying to do external things in their faith and God and all that. But then he says this, now the works of the flesh are evident. (laughs) This is unbelievable. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, rivalries, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. See, Paul helps us understand that there is a list of things that are opposite to how God desires us to live and desires us to express. We've talked about this before, and I said it just a few moments ago. The Holy Spirit is the one that transforms us, but yet, if we are dependent upon ourselves, we will be left short, and he paints the bleak picture. He says, there is evidence. I've warned you. Pay attention. The very things that you desire not to do is what you get drawn into when you allow the flesh to be the predominant driver in your life. The list is very clear, and it is nasty. Now, one writer said this, which we must understand. One writer said this, what Paul is referring to here is not the act of these things, but is the habit or the practice of continually engaging in this way of life. That is key to understand. What he's talking about here is the habit or the practice of. See, the essence of understanding a a transforming relationship with Jesus by the Spirit is that these things will no longer become attractive to us in the way where we desire them above desiring God. But then he drives it home with one last push because at the end of verse 21, what does he say? Those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God, their, their ears were perking up at this moment. Their ear, they were leaning in. See, what Paul is saying is that it is possible, and this is, not ta- this, is, this is not a salvation issue, this is not an eternal issue. What he's talking about here is, is that we, as followers of Jesus, if we continually, habitually engage in these particular things and other things similar to this, then we miss out on the wonder and the awe of living in the economy of God's presence. We live out of the flow of God's presence of our lives, that these things short-circuit the kingdom of God working in our lives. See, he's painting a very clear picture for us. This list here is the one that we must pay attention to and, and, and watch for in our lives. I love this because it doesn't mean that you're not going to have moments where you get angry. I mean, who hasn't had these moments of anger? Who hasn't had these moments when, where you just have an outburst? Like yesterday, I, I, I'll, I'll, I, this just literally just came to me. Yesterday, I went on a, on a bike ride, and as I was riding down Gainesboro, this guy rode, drove his car really close to me. Like he didn't get, he didn't move over at all. He went right beside me. I could have touched his car. I had this moment of anger because quite honestly, I don't want to die on my bike. But this moment, I actually verbalized a particular thought towards this person. 
no, don't worry. It wasn't a bad word or anything like that or something nasty, although I probably could have used it justifying it completely. But here's the thing. It was just this blip. I don't have an habitual habit of anger. It was an outburst in that moment, which reminds me that I'm still in process. We must understand this. We must understand the list because he's painting a very clear picture. But then he does something beautiful. He gives us another list. He gives us another list that is even more powerful. I got to read it for you. Verse 22. It says this, but, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ, uh, Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Here we go. This is the mic drop moment. Paul says that for a follower of Jesus, the, the sinful passions of the flesh are crucified. They're placed on a cross and they're dead. Now, we must understand that what Paul is doing also in the midst of this is he's painting a picture for us that we move towards. Walk by the Spirit, and there will be a formation of character that moves towards a picture. I love that. There are a lot of people that paint a picture of the Christian faith from a negative perspective. They use guilt. They use shame. They, use, you know, they speak down. I love the fact, especially here at Vital Point, is we try to create a picture for you that is beautiful, that is inspiring, that you can move towards in a relationship with Jesus empowered by the Spirit, that we believe that it's important for us to give you that picture so that you live inspired to move towards it. This is what Paul does. Now, as you look at this list, look what he starts with. He starts with love. He establishes the fact that love is the predominant perspective in which everything else flows out of. Why? It's because love is the greatest example of a transformed life. Love is the greatest example of a transforming life in a relationship with Jesus. When you look at the Bible over and over and over again, you see that Jesus' life demonstrated this. This is why I believe Paul starts here. Because actually, when you look at all these nine elements of the fruit of the Spirit, you find these all in Jesus. And the demonstration of this is through Jesus' life. When he saw someone that, someone that was hurting and broken, he went to them and met their need. When he saw a group of people without food, he had compassion for them. Matter of fact, Jesus even says that his followers will be known by their love. John chapter 13. In Matthew 22, someone approached him and said, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. See, what we're seeing in this is that Jesus himself demonstrated love, so therefore we ourselves need to be transformed as an outflowing of the character of love, that our lives are to be defined by it. I want you to think about this for a minute. This is like pause on the gift thing and come over here for a second. When you look at Jesus and the demonstration of him, the greatest example of Jesus' love was the cross. I want you to think about this for a moment. The very fact that Jesus went to a cross, that the nails were that the nails pierced his hands and his feet to a cross, the very fact that the cross was dropped into a hole, and the very fact that he drew his last breath, went into a tomb, and rose three days later, was Jesus' greatest example of love for us. 
his greatest example of love for you. He went to the tomb for you. He conquered sin. He conquered death. He did the very thing that we cannot do. We cannot overcome this on our own. He did it for us. So why else would we see love being a character quality of a follower of Jesus? Because Jesus demonstrated it. He showed us. He modeled it. He gave it to us to live this out. Now, when I think about love, I begin to realize something very important about a dynamic of love as I am being transformed into a person of love, not just simple acts of love, but being transformed into a person of love, is I begin to realize something. I realize this, that when I am loving the way Jesus wants me to love or is transforming me, I am creating value in others. I am caring for others. I am showing compassion to others. I will, love will always call others to a greater path of living. Love will always seek the interest of the other person. Love will speak truth within the context of grace. Love is an essential transforming character quality of a follower of Jesus. Now, as I think about that reality and I think about that truth that we're exploring right now and character and gifts, I realize this, that gifts used and expressed with love sound better. You can write that down if you want or just you know hit the like button or whatever. Gifts used and expressed with love will always sound better and have greater potential to be received in the spirit in which they are expressed. Let me read for you 1 Corinthians 13. I mentioned it earlier. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14, three chapters where Paul is addressing gifts. In the middle chapter, verse chapter 13, he addresses this. Look what he says. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, what does it say? I am nothing, nothing, empty, nothing. I am a sounding gong. I love this. I love this. It is so easy to miss the character quality of love expressing our gifts. Like you could, you could have a power gifts, like he says, prophecy or, or, or speaking in languages that, are, that, that he speaks here of men or of angels, but yet I'm just, all I am is a, a, as a clanging cymbal or a gong sound. Like I, I wish um, I should have planned this. I'm not going to do this. So our drummer's sitting in the in the room here. I wish I just had him go up to our drum kit and just start hitting the cymbal. Boom, 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 boom. After time, it gets so unbelievably annoying. Like when we do sound checks in this room and he hits the cymbals, it's like oh that sound over and over and over and over again. That's what gifts expressed without love sound like. That's exactly what it sounds like. And I know our drummer in the room is itching to go up and do that right now, but we're not going to do it. It would be alarming for all of us. See, here's what I, here's, let me tease this out for you. I want you to imagine that there is a moment when you get a, maybe a word of knowledge. We're going to look at these gifts down the road, but when you get a word of knowledge and there's, there's, or maybe a prophetic word that God has given to you, there's a special manifestation of this moment and it's for someone else. And, and you have this sense that it's for someone else. And so what you do is you enter into a, a, a process of discerning and praying and wondering, is this really of you, God, or not? 
So then what you do out of love, if you feel this, that you need to do this for someone, you go to them with all humility. You go to them and you say, listen, I have been given something from God. I believe it's from God. You're going to have to discern whether or not it is of God or not. And then you share what it is that you expressed. I have seen this happen. I've been on the receiving end of this, and it's happening. There is such an overwhelming sense of value, humility, and love. Let me be clear. If someone comes to you and claims that they've got a direct, bold line, God has spoken to me to give you a word, and you don't feel valued, and you don't feel love, back away very slowly, because it's possible it's not from God. Because gifts expressed in love will always seek the benefit of others. When gifts are expressed in love, in humility, it what? It sounds good and is received well. Now, there's an even deeper perspective on this, understanding why love is such a character quality within the context of expressing gifts. Verse 8 of 1 Corinthians 13, love never ends. It never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we will prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. I want you to understand something. What Paul is driving home here is this beautiful reality that the one thing that lasts in our developing character is love. It never ends. It is the eternal aspect of our lives expressed in love. The perfect will come. Referring to Jesus when he returns again to receive his church, when his church comes, all these other things will cease. Love does not cease. Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially the one of prophecy, which we'll talk about later, but pursue love, earnestly seek gifts. Isn't that amazing? See, we're establishing the groundwork for why character matters, If Vital Point Church, if you as an individual who is part of our church are considering being part of Vital Point Church, we are concerned about your spiritual transformation as a follower of Jesus. We want your faith to be maturing and growing and being expressed in love. Yes, we want your gifts to be known. Yes, we're going to help you figure those gifts out over the next few years and developing systems and protocols and elements of understanding the solidifying gifts in your life. Like, I can't wait for the day when we have conversations with one another and we say, hey, what's your gift? And you know it just like that. Or what are your top two? What is your three? And you just go like that. It's going to be amazing. But here's the thing. We want you to be developing your gifts within the character of love. Love adds value to the gift, and it adds value to the community. Pursue love, desire gifts. Pursue love. You cannot flip the two around. You must have them in the right order. Now, we've been establishing this, all this thing, and talking about you cannot divorce We're going to put it on the screen for you again. You cannot divorce spiritual gifts from the spirit-formed character of the believer. I want to address something that some of you are thinking about. I could be uh, completely wrong here, but I have a sense that this is possibly what you are feeling and thinking right now. When you look at spiritual gifts and you realize that that God gives you a spiritual gift that is empowered by the Spirit and is developed within the transforming character of love, we must understand this, that God understands that he gives his gift 
to flawed vessels. I'm just going to let that hang for just a second. God understands that he gives gifts to flawed vessels. See, there are some of us that have a perspective on gifts that is faulty. We have a perspective on gifts that our gifts don't come into play or can't be used until I'm mature enough in my faith. We, we have this idea that I have to have my life kind of in order, in order for these gifts to become a reality. The truth is, is that God is not surprised by your brokenness, that God is not surprised that you are in a character development program. Like when I look at my own life, when I recognize the gifts that God has given to me, I very quickly see my flawed vessel. I very quickly see my own brokenness. But yet, for whatever reason, God in his great grace continues to use us in spite of these things. John Thompson, in his book, Convergence, says this. God wants to use his gifts through us while he continues to work on us. God wants to use his gifts through us while he continues to work on us. I don't want us to miss this because this is the beauty and the wonder of God that he knows us and understands us but yet he still gives us gifts. He still at times manifests his spirit in a way that reveals things in us so that we can speak into moments. You know, there's a piece of me that is overwhelmed in this moment. I feel a heaviness in this moment because there are some of us that are too afraid to seek God in our gifts because we just don't think we're worthy. There's some of us that are wrestling right now with gifts because we just feel that we're too broken and too flawed. God's not surprised. He understands. That is so beautiful about God in a relationship with Jesus. So today as you think about your life and as you think about character, I want to ask you, is your life defined by love? Like if people could use a word about you, would, would love be in the mix? When you hold a mirror up and you look deep within your soul, do you see the work of the Spirit of God transforming your character? A number of years ago, I knew that anger was part of my everyday habit. I was angry. It was in my mid-30s. I hid it well from others, but inside I had this anger, turmoil inside of me. My family saw it and it experienced it. I knew that I needed God to transform me. 
And I know that some of you right now see areas of your life that you're just so longing to be transformed. You know what the word is? It's surrender. It is surrender. It is a daily getting up and surrendering to the work of the Holy Spirit so that you can live in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit so that he can begin to transform that area of your life because you're looking in the mirror right now and you're going, it's ugly, it's defining me, but yet we can step into this moment today. Today. I don't even know what the date is. May something. It's a new day on the calendar. Day, May something. Uh, May 16th. Today is the day that you can surrender and say, God, I want you to transform this area of my life. I'm going to surrender it to you and begin to transform me. I can can tell you today that, yeah, sure, I have moments where maybe anger does reveal itself, but I am not the same person. And it's not based on my own efforts. It's based on the fact that daily I had to surrender for years to the transforming power. And I ask you today, will that be you? As you consider the next five weeks, as we step into the depth of spiritual gifts, we must this week look in the mirror and ask, am I being transformed into the beautiful characteristic and the qualities of what Jesus gave in the Spirit.